You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. Trying to build here and the type of success we're looking to, to have and, and hopefully sustain. I'm not worried about the outside noise or what, what people are writing about, what people are saying. When we step on that field, we're ready to go to war for our brothers. It's Unnecessary Roughness. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. This is Unnecessary Roughness, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. Back with you for a full three hours. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Joseph is holding it down in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in Studio Q, as always. Of course, we'd like to uh, thank all our fine folks at the Jewels of Las Vegas who bring you uh, the show each and every day. We definitely appreciate them. But uh, coming off a Monday night football game that got out of hand from the Raiders, they lose to the Detroit Lions 26-14 to and drop their overall record to 3-5. and Also coming off the fact that the trade deadline just passed at 1 o'clock Pacific time, and no moves were made by the Silver and Black. There were moves that were made across the NFL. Matter of fact, there were some pretty big moves made across the NFL before that trade deadline, but none were made by the Raiders. They didn't bring any players in, and they didn't move on from any players, as many anticipated guys like Josh Dobbs, the quarterback from the Cardinals, went to the Vikings. Ezra Cleveland, the offensive guard, uh, went from the, the, the Vikings to the Jaguars. Montez Sweat, left uh, the, the Washington Commanders, went to the Bears, and Chase Young also left the Washington Commanders, and he went to the San Francisco 49ers, amongst other uh, moves that were made before the trade deadline. But as mentioned, the Raiders didn't make any moves today, so the roster that they went into Monday Night Football is the roster that they have as of right now. So we've got a lot to talk about clearly on the show today as, again, the Raiders dropped the 3-5. and five. Very disappointing with the kind of a squad that they have, the kind of money that's invested offensively, uh, the kind of effort that the defense put into the game on Monday night only to come up, well, not short, but way short, right? Offense was never able to get anything generated, and it was just a really big disappointment. And at some point, the defense, they did their best job to keep the game close, and at some point, the dam just broke. And the floodgates opened, and you knew – uh, what it was going to be and what it turned into. It turned into a pretty bad loss again, 26-14. And uh, really the Raiders' offense is only responsible for seven points. Marcus Peters, there was a Marcus Peters signing. He made a nice little pick six uh, to get the Raiders close again, uh, got, got them to that 14-point mark, and there was never another point to be had from the silver and black. So we've got a lot, like I said, to get to on today's show. We'll have a lot of guests that will join the show to talk about the Raiders, join the show to talk about the NFL in general, and uh, among other things going on in the world of sports. So coming up at 2.30, normally Ed Graney from the Las Vegas Review-Journal on ESPN Las Vegas. Normally he joins us on Mondays, but since we had Monday Night Football, we had Vinny uh, join the show from Detroit on yesterday. So now we got Ed Graney coming up at 2.30 this afternoon to give you a full recap of what he saw from the silver and black. And more importantly, I guess that the best way to put it is what he didn't see from the silver and black, which was definitely not very much when it comes to the offensive side of things. So Ed Graney will join us at 2.30. Every Tuesday we have at 3 o'clock John McClain from Sports Radio 610. He'll take us all around the league. We'll talk all things trades, uh, what he thinks about some of the trades that were made, including the one to get Chase Young to go to the San Francisco 49ers. That was a big deal. Montez Sweat to the Bears. That was a big deal as well. Those are two pretty big-time edge rushers that uh, Washington looked like that they were, you know, at least going to hold on to one of them. 
ended up only not holding up with either one of them, right? Trading both of those guys out of there. So uh, what's going on in D.C.? Uh, looks like that they're basically waving the white flag and saying that they're not as good as they are. The Bears collected a player. I was kind of surprised only because of the situation that they're in right now. Uh, but then again, Montez Sweat is the guy that they can give a contract extension to immediately and have a premier edge rusher uh, for some years locked down. And so I think that that's a pretty good move. They're going to have so much money under the salary cap next year. So expect the Chicago Bears to really go out there and wheel a deal, spend a lot of money in the offseason. You know that they're not a very good team this year. I'm expecting that they have a new quarterback next year as well, so they'll have a quarterback on a rookie deal. So we'll deep dive into all things NFL coming up at 3 o'clock with John McClain from Sports Radio 610 in Houston, the Hall of Famer. He joins us each and every Tuesday. Also joining us each and every Tuesday following a Raiders game is Lincoln Kennedy, former Raiders offensive lineman, current Raider color commentary uh, on the radio alongside by Jason Horowitz, and he joins us every Tuesday and every Thursday. On Tuesday, he recaps the game that just went by. I wasn't sure if we were going to get Lincoln today because I didn't know if he was going to be traveling, but he hit me up earlier and said, I'm good to go. Uh, so he's good to go. 3.30, we'll talk to Lincoln Kennedy about what he saw as he was on the radio call next to Jason Horowitz for the Raiders' loss to the Detroit Lions in Detroit. It was uh, their homecoming day. They had a whole bunch of, uh, of, of uh, Detroit Lion alumni in the building, including Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, and many others. Lomas Brown Jr. was honored at halftime. He was the guy that we had on our show late last week to talk about the game. He's part of the radio broadcast for the Detroit Lions. So I thought it was really cool to see Lomas Brown go into the Detroit Lions ring of honor and get honored at halftime in the game. But it was a raucous crowd there in Detroit. And uh, Lincoln will join us to talk about all things that he saw at 3.30, talk about the Raiders' offense. Where does it go from here? What do they do now that eight games are in the books and there's nine games left guaranteed in the schedule? Lincoln Kennedy joins us at 3.30. At 4 o'clock, we'll shift our attention from the NFL to the NBA. Oh, Tamer Azarli uh, from Clutch, Clutch Points, he's the Clippers reporter. He'll join us at 4 o'clock to talk about the big trade of James Harden. He goes from Philadelphia, the 76ers, and finds his way in L.A. with the Clippers. And I know a lot of times when I talk about the NBA, I'll kind of poo-poo on the Clippers and say, oh, they're just the Clippers. But, look, they're trying to put something together here. Right? They've got Paul George. They've got Kawhi Leonard. They've got Russell Westbrook. And now they've got James Harden. So they've got four guys that are big-time players. But how do they put it all together? What does it all look like when it's all said and done? They lost about four players uh, in the trade as well. Gave up some draft capital as well to bring in James Harden. So do they have enough depth along their bench to be able to have a team? What is the plan moving forward? You know, these, All four of those guys I just mentioned are guys that miss a lot of games. Right, especially especially Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They miss a lot of games, so maybe uh, it'll always have two good, really good players in the lineup at all times. I'm not too sure. So Tamara Zarli from Clutch Points for the Clippers reporter side of things will join us at 4 o'clock to break down the trade, what it means uh, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things when it comes to the Clippers. We'll also ask about the in-season tournament that's going on in the NBA that starts up on Friday. So we'll get all things NBA uh, out of the way at 4 o'clock with Tamir Azarli from Clutch Points. Again, he's a Clippers reporter. That's at 4. At 4.30, I uh, want to hear a little bit of head coach Josh McDaniels. We just met with him just a little while ago. He was supposed to meet with us at 11 o'clock this morning. Then all of a sudden, we got the we got the email advisory notice that they were pushing back to 1 o'clock. So, of course, my radar went off because I knew what 1 o'clock was. 1 o'clock was the trade deadline here Pacific time, right? So I'm thinking – okay, well, maybe they're making some moves. Maybe they're accepting some calls. Maybe they're going to have some big announcement to give us at 1 o'clock. Well, uh, the trade deadline came and went, and there was nothing to be had. I asked Coach McDaniels about it. I said, hey, I know it's a, it's a Dave question, but is there anything that uh, you know <laughs> could be said about the trade deadline now that it's come and gone? And 
basically he looked at his watch and was like, oh, yeah, it did come and go. Uh, no, I called, <laughs> I called Dave three minutes before uh, the deadline and asked, hey, are we trading anyone? Are we not trading anyone? What's the case may be? And that was all that he really gave me. But I knew asking that question, it was really a Dave Ziegler question and not anything I was going to get from Coach McDaniels, but I thought I'd ask anyway just because the trade deadline had just passed. So uh, we literally just met with Coach a little while ago, uh, got some information, talked about the game, talked about the offense, talked about the quarterback, thought that there was some pretty good questions asked to him about the offense and the lack of uh, production from the offense. So you'll hear some sound bites from him coming up around 4.30. Also, sometime in the show, and I'm not too sure how we're going to work this in, and we will. My man Joseph in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, he's been known to work magic. So he's going to work some magic tricks. I don't know when and how he's going to get it done. But last night on my ESPN show on game night, uh, we had Coach Herm Edwards. And Coach joins our show each and every Monday night following Monday Night Football. So he joined the show last night, and we were breaking down the game. We were talking about the Lions side of things. We were talking about the Raiders side of things. And there was a few nuggets that he, uh, you know, that he dropped that I thought were really interesting. So as soon as he said them last night, I thought to myself, ooh, I got to make sure I go back and capture that and play it on the show tomorrow. So there's a couple sound bites, about three sound bites from uh, Coach Herm Edwards. No, two, two, two sound bites, as a matter of fact. I'm looking at them right now. There's two sound bites. One is about his famous uh, saying that he said 21 years ago, you play to win the games. That was 21 years ago yesterday when he said, hello, you play to win the game when he was a Jets coach. And so I'm sure everyone remembers that. As long as you're 21 or older, you probably remember that. That was one of the most famous uh, sayings and lines that was said uh, from a coach in, in uh, press conference history as far as the NFL goes. And so he said that 21 years ago yesterday. So uh, he, he the reason I want you to hear it is because it goes into – keeping teams together and going through adversity and what you have to do as a coach. And I thought that was some really good stuff. So it's about a four-minute chunk based off of that that starts with you play to win the games. And then also uh, I asked him a question about the quarterback position when it comes to the Raiders and what he saw from Jimmy G and is it time to make the move to Aiden O'Connell. It's also something I asked earlier to Josh McDaniels and not in those exact words, just, you know, about the quarterback position, if there's any thoughts in making a change at that position. And you'll hear his uh, his his thoughts later on in the show as well. But you'll hear at some point, like I said, Joseph's going to make the magic. He's going to make it do what it do. And you'll hear from uh, Coach Herm Edwards uh, throughout the course of the show. Again, it's from my radio show I do on, at night on ESPN called Game Night, and myself and uh, Emmett Golden. So that was last night, Coach Herm Edwards. So all that's coming up on the show today. Ed Graney at 2.30, John McClain at 3, Lincoln Kennedy at 3.30, and Tamara Zarley, Clutch Points Clippers reporter at 4 o'clock. Plus, we got plenty of sound. And in the meantime, in between time, we'll hear from you as well at 702-365-9200. We've got the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Of course, I'm always monitoring that, so you can feel free to hit us up at any point of the show whenever you feel the need. But with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. So as we jump into the opening drive, I see a text already on the don'tbebroke.com text line that I really like because it's going to play right into the first piece of sound that I want you to hear. And it's not from Herm Edwards. It's from uh, former NFL head coach Jay Gruden. He's part of the 33rdteam.com, and he was breaking down the Raiders' offense. It's funny, uh, the 33rdteam.com, they actually sent me this sound bite and was like, hey, just in case you're interested in it, might be some good stuff for you. So I was listening to it, and I thought, okay, he's really on to something when it comes to uh, you know what he's saying here. And not that it was 
something like he's breaking some kind of earth-shattering news, but it was just almost confirmation of what we saw, especially what we saw on Monday night. So uh, this text, again, comes from the 702. It says, now where'd it go? Hold on, I just lost it. Ha! It just got that many. Uh, Where'd it go? Oh, here it goes. Oh, it's from Vegas Pete. He said, Lincoln said the O-line is holding the offense back. As bad as they're playing, why not try a different guard or center? They're getting worse, not better. That's from Vegas Pete. That's on our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. So with that being said, with that text that Vegas Pete just said, I want you to hear this sound from Jay Gruden about the bad situation that the offensive line has put the Raiders' offense in. This is from the 3013.com. Las Vegas Raiders have some issues up front. There's no doubt about it. In order to get your star receiver the ball, you have to block for your quarterback for at least a second or two. That'd be nice. So Jimmy Garoppolo could set his feet and throw the ball. He had Devontae Adams wide open a couple times and missed him down the sideline. One time he get tattooed right in the chest. And the other time he just missed him. It was a double move. Uh, but for the most part, when they had their success on the touchdown drive, it was about Josh Jacobs. And for them to have success, they have to get him going again because they cannot pass protect at all. They don't know how to pick up blitzes. It's a bad, bad situation there to be an offensive lineman or offensive line coach there at the Raider land. So I think when you're three and five as a head coach, you're going to feel the pressure, uh, not just from the fans, your front office, but from the players that you're coaching. There's a lot of talent in that locker room. They were He was gifted a lot of talent. They have a good quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo who's won a lot of games. We mentioned Devontae, Jacoby. Uh, they have a good tight end. Um, so, yeah, Hunter Renfro, like I said, they got Max Crosby, one of the best defensive players in the National Football League. Uh, there's no excuses for them to look like that today. Uh, they they were out of sorts on both sides of the ball. Defensively, they tried to hold their own. They got a couple turnovers in the red zone, which is great, but they just wore down because offensively they couldn't muster any drives. It was three and out punt, and then here comes Shamir Gibbs again, 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 and they just had no, no answer for him. So moving forward, pressure is always going to be on the coach, that's for sure, to get this ship right. The players are counting on him to come up with a good plan get his star players the ball somehow to have Devontae Adams with one catch at the end of the day as a play caller, as a head coach, you got to be looking at yourself in the mirror, number one, and figuring out what he has to do or I can do to get him the ball. Jay Gruden right there from the 33rdteam.com just identifying what he sees as the Raiders' biggest problem and what he saw on Monday Night Football, and it goes back to the offensive line. I know I've had multiple people hit me up already on the dobybroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and, and say the same thing, that the offensive line is obviously a huge issue, and which blows my mind because, again, a year ago, it wasn't a huge issue. Now, they had their weaknesses, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't a huge issue, and it's funny, throughout the course of the night, listening to the broadcast, uh, you know, there were so many times that we're watching the TV telecast of it, uh, hearing Joe Buck and Troy Aikman talk about Greg Van Roten and saying how well he was playing and pointed out moments that he played well uh, on Monday night, knowing that, you know, we've talked to Lincoln Kennedy and he's talked about Van Roten playing too high throughout the course of, uh, of games as well. But you heard Jay Gruden right there say they're going to lean on the coach to come up with the, the magic solution, going to come up with the idea, going to come up with what can get this team going and, and come up with something that's, that's going to get them going. So with that being said, what is your idea? What is your idea of how you can get this offense going? The defense did everything they could until they couldn't do it anymore, right? There's just a certain point where you just it's, – it's like you give, you give, you give, you give, and then you're like, damn it, I can't give no more. And then you just kind of fold. And that's what happened, and uh, you saw the Lions take full advantage of it. And, you know, Jameer Gibbs alone had more yards from scrimmage than the Raiders did offense. 
I want to say that slow, and I want to pause when you hear that. One player on the Lions had more yards from scrimmage than the Raiders had offensive yards on Monday Night Football. Not only that, but the Raiders only had 45 snaps offensively. The Lions had 81, (laughs) right? The Lions had the ball for 39 minutes. The Raiders had the ball for 20, right? I mean, it's just that's a recipe for disaster every time. You can't put your defense out there for 85 plays. That's incredible. That is a long time out there on the grass. You just aren't going to win too many games like that. Your offense has got to compliment you. So, again, what is your big solution? What do you think the big solution should be to the Raiders fixing their offensive woes? If the offensive line is the big issue, and I know it's an issue, how do you go about fixing it? They didn't make any moves at the trade deadline, right? There was a big move for Ezra Cleveland, the guard from the Vikings, who's really up and coming. I know he's been a little bit banged up, but he's up and coming. He's a pretty good guard. The Jaguars went and made that move to go ahead and protect Trevor Lawrence because they believe that they have, uh, you know, they, they can get it done. They can get some things done. And, look, they, the, the, the Jaguars didn't give up anything. A six-round pick, that's all they gave up for Ezra Cleveland. So maybe that's a move that Dave Ziegler and company talked about. Maybe that was something that they were in on and just didn't get it done. Not too sure. But if you're rocking with what you're rocking with, this is the offensive line that you have. You know the players that are on the roster. Raider Nation is smart. We all know who they are. We know the suspects. We know the usual suspects. We know all the guys on the, on the squad. Are they going to be good enough to cure that? And does there need to be more moves offensively made? I suggested on my podcast that they go to Aiden O'Connell, right? Raider Nation, you've been screaming for Aiden O'Connell. I've been saying, hold out, hold out, hold out. Give us some time. But I, I honestly feel like the time is now. I feel like the time is a perfect time right now. You've got back-to-back games at home. You've got a game coming up this week against the Giants. You've got a game coming up against the Jets. You know, you've got you've – got, those aren't going to be easy games either, but at least they're at your spot. They're at your crib. You can, get them, you can get them prepared. You can get them coached up. He was the backup quarterback last night. It's not like he was inactive. He was the number two quarterback. So if he's good enough to be number two and you could throw him in there, maybe he should be the guy. I honestly think that with the frustrations that you can see from Devontae, with the frustrations that you can see from Josh Jacobs, with the frustrations you can see with the rest of the team, I think that it would be – something good for them just because it's something different, right? And I'm not saying that it's going to be the solution that's going to work, but you've been call, you know, been, been, been screaming and yelling, calling in, talking about put this guy in, put this guy in, screaming and yelling at me when I tell you to put the veteran in. So I said that there would be a time this year when you'll get to learn a lot about Aiden O'Connell. And, look, I don't think that that's out of the conversation. I really don't. Hearing Josh McDaniels earlier today, I don't think that that's out of the conversation at all. He said that they're going to look at a lot of things. So I think that they're going to analyze a lot. I asked him, was that something that was on the table? And he said he wasn't ready to talk about it yet. He uh, hadn't even talked to the players yet. So he didn't say no. He didn't say yes, but he didn't say no. <laughs> as, <laughs> as I've been my whole life, man, if someone doesn't tell me no, I feel like I got a chance, right? They might, <laughs> they might not tell me yes at the end of the day. They might stick with, well, we'll get back to you. And I might not ever hear from him again. But I'll tell you what, if they don't tell me no off the jump, I feel like I have an opportunity. So he didn't say no. So I think that that's a, it's a real deal possibility. I don't know how you fix the offensive line at this point. You know who the guys are. So I don't know if there's anything that you could really do about that. You know who your weapons are, and you got them. I think the, the best solution that you can have right now is to change the trigger man, especially because the current trigger man looks to be pretty shook. He took six sacks last night, and I know the offensive line struggled, but every one of them wasn't on the offensive line. Jimmy held the ball a few times, and he had guys open, and he didn't, he didn't let the ball go, in my opinion. So – 
again, throw the question out there. You know, what's the solution? You heard Jay Gruden talk about it. You heard Coach McDaniels earlier. You hear from him later that they're looking at and exhausting all different options of what they got to do to get this thing going. They've got nine games guaranteed. So what do you think the solution is to fixing the woes of the Raiders' offense? 702-365-9200, the WBroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. We got a lot of folks lined up, so let's plan not to make the call super long. We'll start out with Passionate Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q, man? Hey, what do we do to make this offense better, Q? We're going to have to ride with it for the end of the year. There's, there's no other option, Q. It's either you play, you play Jimmy or you play Aiden. Flip a coin and make a choice. It doesn't matter. The plays are there. I don't care. We all get mad at McDaniels, and I'm the biggest one because he's the coach. He takes the blame. But, Q, there was open receivers all game right. long, man. We knew Jimmy wasn't the one, but you know what? We're going to have to deal with it, man, right out the storm because we love our silver and black, man. It's depressing. It's sad. I've been all day pissed off at work. Listen, everybody call in. This is this is emotional times for us fans, but we're, we're getting so used to it that we're just becoming hard and leathered, man. So, so let me ask you real I quick. I know we're coming let, to you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me ask you real quick. So are you riding with Aiden O'Connell, or do you want to ride with Jimmy? What are you trying to ride out the rest of the season with? Hey, Q, I don't even care, man. Whatever it lands, heads or tails, I don't even care. Okay. Flip a coin because, I, I mean, Jimmy, obviously, I think, Jimmy, if you want my honest opinion, Q, I, I think Jimmy's hurt. I think he's playing hurt right now. I think they're forcing him to play because the coach made a bad decision in taking Aiden. He don't have no faith in Aiden. He don't have no confidence in Aiden. He's like a deer in the headlights right now, and he don't know what the hell he's doing. So, if it's me right now, I'm going to play Aiden because Jimmy's hurt, dude. Jimmy is hurt, okay. and he is not looking good, man. And if not... Good. I mean, get a practice squad. Put somebody in there to make a damn play, Q. I got to go, man, because I'm getting into it now. All right. Hey, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So, that, I mean, that's the thing. Look, I, we all know what the problems are. We see the problems in front of us. What is the solution? Right? It's already Tuesday. Normally, we can vent. We can be and moan on Mondays. But it's already Tuesday. So, tomorrow, we're turning the page. I'm flushing this after today. I'll just tell you straight up, I'm flushing this game after today, and we're starting to look forward to the Giants starting tomorrow. So let's come up with solutions on this Tuesday. Raider Craig, you're up next. What's on your mind? Hey, brother, thank you for taking my call. I'm going to come in a little bit with a little bit of calm. You know, my, I understand my brother, passionate Raider, but for me, there's only two options, right? One, you ride with Jimmy, who his confidence is broke. A, a coach can't fix that. Right. Right. Once the confidence, I've seen the confidence, and we talked about it too many times, I've seen it after the Bills game. Once we lost to the Bills, I watched JT uh, break down at the quarterback school, watched how he talked about the feet always moving, never planning, pushing through throws. It's an unconfident throw. So it's been building up over this time. And, yes, injuries have added to it. But I think you only got two options. If you, if you rock with Jimmy G, who you know is unconfident, is not confident, um, you're basically tanking without tanking. Let's just call it what it is. You know, okay. they can't come out and say they're tanking, but – they know, just like we know, these guys get paid a lot of money. They're seeing the quarterback. They know that he's not the answer. We have to get another quarterback in the draft. That's our main objective at the end of the year. So you either go with Jimmy G, who's non-confident, and you're taking without taking, or you go with Aiden, which that's what I'm rocking with. You go with Aiden. You see what the rookie got. You're able to evaluate him and see because maybe he is the future, maybe he's not, but you only see my plan. So you see what, you see what the rookie's got. And then you still go into the draft. So either way, for me, I'm going with Aiden. I'm okay. going to rock with Aiden because you can't fix confidence. So that's what I'm going to go with, Q. 
I think we all know that Jimmy, I mean, we, I don't think we can blame it on Monday night that I liked, and I said it before the game, you can't hide anything because everybody's watching. So we see that Jimmy's not the guy. Go on with Aiden, move on, and get ready, and uh, try, to get some, try to get a spark out of him, get an evaluation with him, and hopefully, hey, best comes the best. You have a guy that overachieves, and your team gets a spark, and you got a young guy that can go down the field. Worst comes the worst. You're going for a quarterback in the, at the end of the year anyways. Thank you, Q. Appreciate you. Hey, good stuff, good stuff. And, yeah, that's the thing, man. The confidence does look shook, right? That's something that we'll talk to Lincoln Kennedy about. Well, we'll talk to Ed Graney about it at 2.30 as well. But Lincoln Kennedy really breaks it down really well as far as the confidence. And it does look like the confidence is in a really bad place, especially with the fact that, you know, Jimmy got hit multiple times, uh, got hit really low in the knee uh, last night uh, in the end zone, and, and that was unfortunate for him. And it just looks like, like, like Lincoln has said many times, he looks skittish right now in the pocket and he doesn't trust the guys in front of him, not really trusting his eyes and what he's seeing and, uh, you know, or what he's not seeing. There's been times like passionate Raiders said, there was times where guys were open. There's no doubt. And he just wasn't able to deliver. I mean, when you don't complete a bell to the wide receivers until the second half, there's, there's clearly a problem. Something's really going on. Let's get one more quick call. Eddie in LA. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Yo, 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 Q. All right. What these, these guys need to do is figure out which lineman they're going to have to work with. Seems like yesterday Munford got banged up. Don't know if he's going to be available. But last year, during the first you know, first four or five weeks of the, of the year, they were tinkering with the offensive line. I don't see them doing that now. And so they found something that works. So they need to start doing that ASAP. you got to start the rookie. you got to go with him because you know, uh, Garoppolo is just coming out and he's seeing ghosts out there. You know, yeah. he, It looks to me like he's thinking too much back there and he's not, he's not playing fast. I, I, I just think there's too much with, within the offense that they're giving it to him that doesn't allow him to go out there and play freely. Now, with the, with the rookie going out there, you've got to put him in, in positions to be successful. Don't ask him to start reading defenses. Put him, set him up to make easy completions, work the middle, take what the defense gives you, and then take shots when they're there. Obviously, the, yesterday there were shots available there, so there should be shots available for the rookie. But you can't make things hard for him and make him think too much while he's back there. Get him out there. Get him in a rhythm. Get the ball out quick. Got to get the running game going. Got to get Jacob. Now, Jacob got some yards yesterday, so that could, mm-hmm. be, that could be the start of better things going up that would help the rookie. But you've got to get this offensive line to start playing better than, than, we're, than they have been. You've got to coach them up. You're, you didn't go after anybody to fix that line. Right. You're going to have to either raid any, any practice squad that you can to get some able bodies in there and figure out what's the best available line. I don't know what you can do with Van Ron. Maybe you move him. Maybe move him to another spot and, and figure it out. But the point is, without us showing that up and giving the, that rookie chances to be successful, we're only going to set him up to fail just like, just like Jimmy. I, I, I Honestly, I don't think it, it's too much on Jimmy. I think it's just putting too much on Jimmy. He may be playing hurt. But the most, the most thing I, I, I see, or I think the most, is that he, he's thinking too much when he's there, allowing and making him only see half the field and holding on to the ball too quick. So I've said this before. I'll keep saying it again. It ain't easy being a Raiders fan. Raider Nation, stay up. Thanks for the call, Eddie. I appreciate you. And Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, if the offensive line, you've got to coach them up and they're not coached up yet, you know, that's going to fall back on the offensive line coach, right? That's Carmen Basillo. So uh, there's something that he's got to do. And the, the camera showed him a couple times last night. You can see the frustrations on his face. And Thayer Mumford did get banged up last night. There was a lot of guys that were getting banged up last night. I don't know what it had, what that field was like or what the you know, situation was, but it just seemed like there was a lot of guys getting banged up with the Raiders uh, last night and leaving the game. And a lot of them returned, but still you saw them just kind of – 
uh, limping off the field and having to get uh, worked on on the side or go into the concussion uh, protocol. You know, you saw Masterson go into concussion protocol. You saw uh, Jakob Johnson go into concussion protocol. I mean, those were obviously two that couldn't come back, but it just seemed like there was a lot of injuries uh, that happened on last night. We got a text from Trey and KC, then we'll take a break. 69187, keyword R&R. There's no solution for trash. We should give the rookie a chance to show what he has. Maybe he'll suck, too, and we can get Caleb Williams as Trey in Kansas City. And, look, I mean, like the goal is not to suck. The goal is not to, you know, be trash. Uh, the goal is to try to figure out something because, again, nine more games of, of what you're seeing. And, and, you know, they were they went into that game last night averaging 16 points a game, and as a team they scored 14, and seven of those were defensively. It seems like the offense is regressing, not getting better, and that's the problem. That is a huge problem when you're starting to regress and you're only averaging 16 points a game. So Ed Graney from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, he'll join us next. He'll talk about what he saw, what he thinks. Maybe he has a solution for the silver and black. We'll do it next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padala. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread. Loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. 33 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. My man Joseph, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio holding it down for Ari. I'm in the home studio. We call it Studio Q. Of course, it's being brought to you by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Do the question out there to you. Uh, you heard that there's a problem with the offense. The offense is broken. So what is the solution? How do you fix the Raiders' current woes when it comes to their offense, that's the question that we threw out there to you at 69187, keyword R&R. And when we don't have a guest, you can always hit us up at 702-365-9200. Speaking of guests, though, we do have a guest right now. Join us on the phone lines, as he does each and every week, from our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, and the Las Vegas Review-Journal is Ed Grady. And, Ed, welcome to the show. I definitely appreciate you. And as far as the Raiders and their offense goes, they didn't score very many points. They only scored seven. Oh, we don't have them yet. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Just found out on the fly we don't have him. All right, well, we'll get Ed Graney in a few minutes when he joins the show. But uh, I had a good question lined up for him. But thank you, Joseph, for letting me know that Ed is not there just yet. I'll go ahead and hit some of these texts that we have. 707 hit us up and said, Q, straight up, the only solution this season is to coach him up. Put players in positions to win. McDaniels can't and doesn't do that. If this coach is staying in place, then this season is completely lost. There's no change of pace at running back, not a single carry for Zamir White in how long. What was he drafted for? Why is he on the roster? Played all of camp and preseason and nothing from him all season. How many other teams don't give their second and third backs any carries all, at all? I'm not with Jimmy. I'm down. No, wait. I'm don't with Jimmy. I'm done with Jimmy. I think that's what he meant. Multiple fourth down mishaps. He ran on fourth and long, took a sack on another one. Like, dude, just throw it up. What does it matter on fourth down? There's just unintelligent football all over the field, and it's so frustrating. As a fan, I can see it from my couch, but just but the men getting paid millions sit there and ignore the obvious. That's from the seven. Oh seven and uh, thanks for that text. I do appreciate you. And look, Josh Jacobs doesn't get enough carries. 
right? I mean, I don't know how you can split up too many carries with Zamir White when Josh Jacobs is not getting that many carries. All right? I mean, it's just that's the situation uh, going on right now, and and I don't know I don't know how they uh, how they're going to be able to do that at at all. Like split up the carries uh, if if he's not even getting that many. It's not like he's getting 20, 25 uh, carries a game or anything. It's just, you know, it's one of those, they don't have the ball enough. They had the ball for 45 snaps. So I don't know how many more carries that uh, uh, Zamir White can get. I understand, you know, wanting to see a change of pace at times. And, you know, Amir Abdullah got like one, but that was that, that was really it. I mean, they just didn't have the ball at all uh, in time. And, and Joseph, I'll just go ahead and do this uh, on air. Uh, Ed is, is trying to, to get, I don't know, get a hold of you or you're trying to get a hold of him. This is on-air producing as we're going right now. It just hit me and said, hey, are we still good for 2.30? So I'd, uh, I'm going to tell him to call you. How about that? <laughs> if, uh, if We're doing this all on the fly right here uh, as we do this show today. So, yeah, that's as Ed, we're trying to get Ed to call into the show. I'm also looking at a text from the 559. This is Raider Dad Body. He says, hey, Q and crew, I've been MIA. The World Series got my attention as I'm pulling for my snakes. As far as the Raiders are concerned, it's the elephant in the room, as you say. Uh, the big ugly's up front. The offensive line, it starts with them. They ain't giving Jimmy enough time to survey the field or receivers to run the routes. Not good at picking up blitzes. Blitzes, hardened to the Clippers, is to just sell tickets. That's from uh, that's from Raider Dad Bod. Thanks so much for that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the guys up front, they've got to do more, right? They've obviously got to do a whole lot more, and I'm not too sure who's going to be able to do that, you know, how they're going to coach them up to do uh, any more that they're already doing. It's just it's, it's one of those scenarios, like, you know, I thought going into the season with the offensive line, it would make a whole lot more sense for them to be able to be good because they were good last year to help Josh Jacobs lead the league in rushing. You figured, okay, a, a tweak here, a tweak there, and they're going to be better, and it just hasn't been that uh, that way so far. So, uh, that's 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 been very unfortunate as far as uh, the offensive line and what they've been able to do. But there's also times where Jimmy just has not gotten guys involved, right? I mean, there's there's times where there's been guys running open and he just hasn't delivered the ball. And again, him getting back uh, to action last night, I thought was going to be good for the team. They felt like they needed that, and it just didn't happen. So. I think at this point you probably have to make you know some wholesale changes on the offensive side of things to see what you can get going. Uh, one more text from Jay in Vegas said, Josh McDaniels went 11-17 as the head coach of the Broncos. Currently he's 9-16 and as the head coach of the Raiders. He is who he is, so he could really do himself a favor by focusing on the entirety of the game and delegate the offensive play calling to Mick Lombardi and start O'Connell because his team needs to answer a lot of questions, one of them being if Aiden O'Connell plays good to – great, then you draft and build a team around him. If he doesn't play well, then you figure out a way to draft a, drop, a top quarterback. There are nine games left to look at. Aiden O'Connell and decide the future as Jay and Vegas. And uh, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I think that that makes a lot of sense. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, him him uh, delegating the play call to Mick Lombardi is actually a question that I think that uh, we should be in perfect position to ask at the end of the week uh, because today he said that they're going to examine a whole lot of different situations. And so, okay, now that when they have time to sit down and talk as a team, talk as a coaching staff, talk as, uh, to the players, maybe that's one of the scenarios that they talk about, right? We saw Frank Reich do it in Carolina where he passed on the, the play calling duties to his offensive coordinator. So I think it's a fair question to ask towards the end of the week. Join us now on the phone lines from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Review Journal is our good friend Ed Grady. And Ed, thanks so much for your time. Sorry about the, uh, the little shakeup and the little uh, disconnect that we may have had, but uh, the question is the Raiders' offense, man, and they're not very good right now. Obviously, they came into the game averaging 16 points a game, and they only only able to come up with seven on their own. Uh, Marcus Peters got the other seven points. What do you think is the 
solution that they can come with to, to make the offense better with what they have. The trade deadline came and went with no movement. So who they are, who they are. So is there anything they could do to get this thing jump started? Oh boy. I'd earn, I'd earn a lot more money if I had that answer. <laughs> um, it's a, uh... It's broken, Q, uh, and you know that as well as anyone. It's broken, um, and I, you know, is there one answer? I don't know if there's one magic answer. Um, I heard you coming in. Maybe you know when he says they have to shake things up. Maybe you have to majorly shake them up, and you know, not you know, give the play calling over. Start start O'Connell and see what you have in him. Um, I see. I still think in the back of my mind, I still think they're going to say internally, hey three and five winnable games coming up. Like they always kind of make that reasoning in their minds when you're in the NFL. You know, last night he said there's um, 10 games left or nine games left or whatever it is. Um, You know, and I think in their minds, they, they never want to truly go there until it's just in, in front of them and obvious. So while I think they should make major changes, I'm not so sure they're going to with the giants coming in. Um, and I think that might be a mistake, but you know, they're football coaches and they're football GMs and they always look at a play, a way of, you know, saying, Hey, you know, are, how close are we? Can we get, can we get there with these winnable games coming up? So, well, I think there should be major changes. I'm not so sure we're going to see them at least yet. Right. Well, that, that could end up becoming an, an issue because, again, they've got nine games guaranteed and something's got to change to get this offense going. And, you know, the thing – and I'm, I'm right there. I think that Aiden O'Connell, especially with two back-to-back home games, I think this would be a perfect time to go ahead and get him started. He needs to play multiple games so you can really get a good idea of exactly who he is. But I also think that some of those players offensively, some of their, their weapons, their big-time players – that are showing frustration may just get a breath of fresh air just from something new. It might not be something correct, but it's something new and different. Yeah, and I think they're, I think some big-time players, and we all know who we're talking about, um, uh, you know, would welcome that. Uh, anything that's going to change the tide here uh, for them and for the offense. But, you know, it's just it's so bad. Last night was so bad uh, in so many different ways. You know, it was funny. You know, the one drive they have, they you, you kind of, you know – and tell yourself, hey, they get in the running game going. You know, I mean, hey, you know, there's there's a, there's a little life here, and then it just didn't happen the rest of the way. And then we know what happened in the passing game. Um, so, well, I think some big name players, like you said, would like a breath of fresh air and like something new. I'm just not so certain they're ready to do that. Well, I agree with you, they should. Um, I still will be. Let me put it this way: I'll be surprised if Jimmy G's not the quarterback on Sunday. Yeah, I, I, and see, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that that's going to be the direction that they go. But, you know, I asked the question earlier to, to Coach McDaniels about if there's, a, a, you know, a thought about making a switch at that quarterback position because he said last night that there wasn't. So, okay, right. so there wasn't last night. So now looking at the film, is there? Uh, you know, obviously time will tell. He said he hadn't even got a chance to talk to the team yet, so he wasn't going to answer any kind of question like that, which is fine and fair. But, uh, you know, I think that – Jimmy will probably end up being the guy. I just think that it probably should be a uh, it probably should be a O'Connell at this point. But the offensive line is also uh, a problem, and this kind of surprises me as well, Ed, because last year the offensive line was able to help Josh Jacobs lead the league in rushing, and this year it's it's hard to get him going. Even though he got going a little bit last night, is there a fix to the offensive line issues that you're seeing so far? I'm not so sure there's a fix. You know, last year, like you said, the run blocking was great, the pass blocking wasn't. Um, Last night, other than one drive, neither was any good. Uh, so uh, an immediate fix, I'm not so sure. You know, I mean, they didn't help themselves tremendously in the offseason. We both know that. We've talked about that in terms of the offensive line. So to say, hey, 
let's start switching guys in and bringing them back up. I don't know how much that would help. That that might be change for the sake of change, and maybe they need that. Maybe they do need some change for the sake of change because nothing's working. Right. So, you know, maybe you do give guys behind there a, a look um, to see what they can do. Um, but I think the offensive line, like most of the offenses, is, uh, is broken somewhat. And uh, we saw last night what it can produce, which wasn't much. Um, it was just so, you know, I felt, and I did, I feel, felt for the defense last night because, you know, they hold them to field goals in those three first possessions, or at least the three first times they get in the red zone. And, you know, you're on the field for 80 snaps in 38 minutes. I mean, forget about it. Uh, you're just going to wilt and you're just going to, you know, your legs are going to give out. And we saw what happened last night um, with how Detroit moved the ball on the ground and in the air. Uh, so I thought the defense performed about as well as you'd expect to with how bad the offense was. Yeah, I mean, they gave him a chance for sure. And then at some point, yeah. they just it was like the dam that broke. They couldn't hold yeah. it anymore and just, no. you know, let the, let the floodgates open. But were you surprised on how much the game in general was just back and forth? Like, it seemed like neither team at one point won to win that game. Yeah, I was surprised. And, you know, the, the Peters thing gets them within 16-14. And, you know, it's like Aikman said, he goes, you know, it's 16-14 and Detroit's dominating the game. Mm-hmm. But they can't finish drives, and they're settling for field goals, and they're let, they're keeping the Raiders in it, and they did. And you know, you'd think that maybe the Peters play would you know really motivate and, and get guys up and get guys to perform better, um, because you're right there, you're getting outplayed, but you're right there. It's a two point game, and still that didn't work either. So you're right. I mean, for a while there, it seemed like nobody wanted it, but you know, Detroit was finishing some drives with field goals, adding on points. And they were the better team, I thought, from the beginning. Um, and like, I'll go back to what Aikman said. He was, you know, he's like, you know, this is this is not out of hand just yet. And, and the Raiders just can't get out of the way of themselves. No, they couldn't. They really couldn't. The defense did everything they could. Uh, created three turnovers, including a pick six, which I mean, again, is something that's rare for the Raiders. But they were able to do it and try to keep this team yeah. as close as possible. It's just, it just wasn't something that happened. Well, Ed, the trade deadline came and went. There was no movement. Are you surprised by that? Maybe a little surprised on Renfro, although I don't think they had people who could take on his money for the rest of the year. I know Vinny reported that, and others have reported that, where he had $4, four million left. And uh, I think Vinny had a quote from a, a GM around the league saying nobody has that money just lying around. Um, so maybe that was it. I didn't know if the – you know, you don't know internally if the Raiders were going to take on some of that cash to make it happen. I don't know what the give back would have been because, you know, they people would know they wanted to move him. So what's the leverage on either side in terms of what you, the give back would be for him? So maybe I'm surprised at him. Um, I'm not surprised they weren't buyers or sellers. I, I, again, you know, they're, they're, football minds are different. And I'm telling you, no matter what, uh, they internally are looking at this like maybe three and five, but, you know, the Giants and Jets coming up, can they get to five and five? I mean, I, that's kind of how these people think. Right. Um, well, on the outside looking in, you're like, man, this thing's broken. You guys got to make major changes here. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do. I think there'll be some changes. I think there'll be slight. I don't think there'll be huge. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we see Aiden O'Connell on Sunday. I agree with you. I'd like to see that at this point, um, to just, you know, really see him and really give him a chance to show what he can do instead of, Hey, you know, you're going to, you're going to start for Jimmy one game because he's hurt, but when he's healthy, he's back being the guy. Um, I know Aiden O'Connell was the backup last night. Um, so they've moved him into that role. I'd like to see that move, but I'm just not so sure. I think we're both on the same page of who we're going to see on Sunday. 
I've got to ask you this question because two teams made moves that I thought were pretty good. One, uh, the Niners made a move for Chase Young. They gave up a compensatory third-round pick. It's almost like they got him for nothing after yeah. you go through all the science of exactly how they even came up on this pick. So, basically, they got him for nothing. But Montez Sweat was traded to the Bears. Both those guys came from the Commanders. Uh, Sweat went for a second-round pick in 2024. And, as I mentioned, Young went for a third-round pick in 2024, a compensatory pick. Would you have been okay if the Raiders had made one of those moves, uh, even though they didn't? But if they had a, would you have been okay with that? Yeah, I don't think I'd be not okay with it, given what was given up. I don't think I would have been not okay with it. I think the Bears, I mean, and I, maybe you've seen this, if they said that there's a long-term deal in place, I, that didn't make sense unless they had that guy locked up. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't make sense to give that up if you're, when you're getting them for nine games. Um, I, thought that, I thought that was a little weird. And on the other end, like you said, with a compensatory pick, I mean, I thought that was a good deal for them to get him. So I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been down on the Raiders had they made either of those deals or gotten one of those guys. I mean, you know, again, uh, is Chase Young is like sweating and expiring because that that's always a big you know that's always a big deal in these things. If there's an expiring like Sweat has comparative there, if there's years left, so you know, I think I I know why they weren't buyers or sellers, but. I wouldn't have put it, you know, I wouldn't have ripped them too bad had they gotten one of those guys or guys like that. Yeah, Sweat, I mean, they're both on expiring deals. Sweat, you know, he, he's going to get extended by the Bears. He's not extended yet, yeah, but he will. So. He can't give that up and not extend them. Right, exactly. And the 49ers, I think they're in great position. They got this guy for, like I said, just about yeah. nothing. Uh, they'll see how he is the rest of the season. Maybe they bring him back. Maybe they don't. But, again, I mean, they're, they're going for the right now. So it made, right. it made sense why they made that move. Well, uh, obviously the Raiders got some some things to clean up. They got to figure some things out. Uh, you heard Devontae Adams after the game. You heard Josh Jacobs after the game. They're clearly uh, frustrated. But at this point, Ed, and we'll close out with this, I don't know if there's anything that they could do outside of some massive wholesale changes. And like you said, not too sure if that's going to happen. No, I don't think it's an app. I mean, I, I think coaches say things after games, and we're going to, you know, he's going to watch the film and all that. But, you know, maybe it's different, Q, if they're 3-7 and seven instead of 3-5. and five. Yeah. Um, maybe it's different then, and you know, like, okay, it's just not working. It's not going to happen this year. I still don't think it's working. I still don't think it's going to happen this year. But it is three and five with two home games coming up. So I, I just will be surprised at massive changes or huge overhauls at this point. Um, knowing how those guys usually think in terms of looking at schedules and records and everything. Um, but I'm with you. I think they should make some major changes. I just don't know if we're going to see them just yet. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It really will. Got the Giants coming up on Sunday. It's a short week, so uh, whatever they're going to do, they got to figure it out quick, fast, yep. and in a hurry. Well, Ed, what do you got? <laughs> what do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? Some Raiders, some UNLV football, and then uh, I'll see you out at the facility all week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, thanks so much for your time, brother. I appreciate you. All right, buddy. Take care of yourself. All right, my man. There he goes, Ed Grady for the Las Vegas Review Journal and our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. You can hear him on the press box with Tyler Bischoff every morning, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Again, on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, and all his writing is in the Las Vegas Review Journal. You can find him on Twitter at Ed Grady with us here, normally around 2.30 on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. 2.50 is the time. We'll come back. We'll get to a couple texts. We got John McClain coming up at the top of the hour to talk all things NFL. We'll really deep dive into some, some trades that happened today. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.